doesn't love a grand final? No, not that rugby league nonsense. We've got the FQPL grand finals this week, as well as more football in the NPL. Sunday here on the Brisbane Football Group. Scott and Adam. Adam, we're in grand final week now in the FQPL and a couple of very interesting semi-finals this weekend. Yeah, it didn't go all the way to uh, script. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we've, so we've got a couple of big games lined up for AJ Kelly next Saturday night. We do. We'll get to those later on, as well as all the action in the MPL women's and FQP. We'll start, as always, with the MPL men's competition. And there was one midweek game, Adam, which we both kept an eye on rather interestingly. It was a three-all draw down at Coplick Family Sports Park between Gold Coast United and Peninsula Power. Now, Peninsula Power jumped out to a two-goal lead from Andy Pangeli and Daniel McHenry. Gold Coast United came back to level it up at two-all. Then it went to three-two for Peninsula Power. And you assumed they were going to go on with it and and put themselves in position to wrap up the premiership this weekend, but not so because Adam Ondine popped up in the 90th minute with an equaliser for Gold Coast United, and they really they probably deserved that, if not more, didn't they? Because they were really physical in the game, pushed Peninsula Power around, and they were I thought they were right in the game right up until the end. They were well worth the point. Yeah, look, at Gold Coast United, um, proven. We spoke about last week that you know, that that wasn't always going to be, despite the um, difference on the ladder that. Um, that it was always going to be a tough road game for Peninsula Power going to two complex midweek. And they nearly got out of there. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, Gold Coast United f- finding a way to get a point and delaying what m- I think most people start thinking may be inevitable now about Peninsula Power, you know, lifting the trophy. But, uh, yeah, delayed it for at least a week. They did it made this weekend now round 19 a bit more interesting. And there was one game played in the originally – Scheduling to the week, and that was a win for Gold Coast Knights 2 1 over Logan Light. Won't talk too much about that because I'm pretty sure we spoke about that back at the time. So we'll focus on the games played this weekend. And we'll start, Adam, with the game played up at Ballinger Park between Olympic FC and Sunshine Coast. One of was a really important 1 0 win for Olympic. They needed this result to keep their top four hopes alive, and nearly golf from Shannon Brady did the business for them. Absolutely. Another place which has been a bit of a graveyard for top teams is Ballinger Park. And um, look, Olympic. Uh, Getting uh, escaping with a one nil win, which is vital for them, and that sets up a huge showdown um, in uh, in the next round uh, next Sunday. It does a very interesting clash against the Lions at Goodwin Park. Well, those two sides when they meet, it's always a fascinating matchup. But for the Wanderers, it probably it certainly ends their very slim chances of finishing top of the table. But it's still they still have an outside chance of finishing in the top top two, and the top four hopes are still well and truly alive, aren't they? Given the last couple of rounds, I know they've got power to play. But they still have a couple of games where they can pick up points in the, in the meantime. Oh, look, absolutely. And, and as, as we've said all season, I think for no matter what happens from here, Sunshine Coast Wanderers' season has been a success. Um, no one, including us, gave them a, a, a hope in hell of actually being even in the conversation about um, about finals football with, with uh, three or four, three to four games to go. So, look, I think it's a case of they, they've got to go in, into with the mindset of they've got nothing to lose. Um, especially, especially if they play Peninsula Power last round of the season, who most likely could have the Premiership wrapped up by then. Um, yeah, it, it's a ma- it's a matter of you know just self belief and just going out there with nothing to lose because it's been a success for them. It has, and they've challenged all the top teams. I have. We won't mention the fact that some of us were a little bit more optimistic about the Wanderers than others. Isn't that right? Oh look, yeah, look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but even as as I've said a number of times, and we interviewed, uh, I interviewed Coach uh, Paul Arneson 
if our previous say in, look, he would have been happy with just being, you know, safe and mid-table. So it must be a huge thrill to, to still be in the conversation about making finals. Uh, and, and at least, and if anything, if nothing else, it has forced the top teams to really fight for, you know, that top four spot. Now, the, the bigger clubs, you know, in this league, because, um, look, one of them is going to miss out. And there's a potential of a second of that of that water top four from last season are going to miss out. And look, Sunshine Coast and uh, the Young Raw have really made it more than just a four-team competition. Yeah, for the last two years, we've seen the big four at the top dominate. And we've seen at least one of them is going to miss out this year because the Raw are pretty much guaranteed they're going to be in there. And the Wanderers might be there. One team at, at one stage of the year which looked like they might be going to fall out of the top four race was Lions. Now, we were at... We were at Richmond on Saturday night for their game against Gold Coast United. They put this away very early on. They two goals in the first five minutes from Max Mickler, one from the penalty spot, and then one in open play. His 19th and 20th goals of the season. One from Jordan Freener as well to make it three. And Shane Smelt's got a goal for Gold Coast United. But they put this game away very early, didn't they? Gold Coast United tried to get back into it, but they just couldn't overcome that slow start, could they? Yeah, look, it was just a sensational start from... Uh, from Lions, uh, early penalty, and then Max Mickler popping up. He, he's he's been an absolute you know, revelation for for Lions this season. We knew he had something, you know, playing for Wolves last year in FQPL one, but even I, I think that you know it's been a, it's been a surprise how well he's adapted and, and into that Lions system and and scoring you know twenty goals for in any in any league you know is is a great return on investment and uh, he's done that so and there's still a couple of weeks to go for him to add to that title because he does look like a key man in that Lions in that Lions side but um yeah they're nine wins. Um, unbeaten there, and they and they they're perfect since the uh, since the uh, break after after the uh, lockdown. So look, they're they're, they're the team um, in most form at the moment. Yeah, twenty goals for Max McClure is equal second on the Golden Boot race with Cyrus Demi, who also scored the week. And we'll talk about that later on. But Lions, you're right, they have been since the lockdown, and even maybe slightly before that, they've just started to really find something, haven't they? This new back three formation that they play now and they're clicking at the right time. And given what we saw them do in 2020, where they were just up and down for most of the year and then hit, hit it right at the right time, it seems like they're doing it once again. Oh, yeah. Look, I think, um, and I've, I've said this a number of weeks now, Ron, I'll keep on saying it, that I think Sean Carlos is um, is, the, is the key sort of addition that ever since he came back from a serious knee injury and sort of has anchored that midfield, uh, this Lions side has just been humming along. Ethan Doherty playing in the back line as well. I think he's been he's been great, and it's also allowed Joe Duckworth to you know to 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 be more attacking and you know, and and sort of you know, playing more instinctually rather than sort of worrying about defending and worry about shielding the back four uh, or the back three, I should say. Um, also as well, the, the impressive thing for um, Lions last night is they did it without um, both Matthew Simic and Tommy Gerrard as well. So that that's a very 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 um, Big statement for their defence as well, especially you know coming up against you know players like a Shane Smelt or Sam Smith who are both you know experienced, noted goal scorers. To only concede one goal um, with being down on troops and being down experienced at, in the back, um, yeah. Look, I think it speaks volumes of their performance. Absolutely. I actually, I actually spoke to Darren Simon after the game and asked him about this. Until we had to say about the the makeshift and the performance as a whole after the win against Gold Coast United on Saturday night. Oh, we're joined by the coach of Lions, Darren Syme. Darren, 3-1 winners here. I guess that was a great start from your side. Two goals in the first five minutes really set the game up. He did, yeah. It was, uh, it was a perfect start, actually. Um, you know, the, uh, 
the passenger pie leading up to the penalty, uh, you know, something we've been working on for a while, so it was nice to, to see it come to fruition. So probably made it a little bit more difficult in the end than it needed to be with uh, turning the ball over cheaply, but we'll take the three points because it's so important. And it is a really important three points. It does keep, obviously, it consolidates the spot in the top four and also pushes forward potentially for that top two position, which I know you're aiming for. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we're on track to, you know, certainly our goal, like I said earlier, um, we're, we're still on track. So every point at the moment is really, really important. So, yeah, happy. Got to ask you about the events of midweek with a very interesting cup tie. We spoke to you after the round of 32, you said you wanted a home tie. Is this the sort of fixture you envisaged when you said that? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I always, I always thought that the, uh, you know, see the travel restrictions and uh, it would be... Uh, Timely, I suppose, to, to play against the rules. So, um, no, we're, we're happy. There's a, there's a good uh, feeling around the club. Um, obviously, Warren and I have, have had a chat about it on a couple of occasions. So, um, listen, it's, yeah, in saying that, you know, once we organise where the game's going to be played, and um, I'm sure that both teams will, will go out and, and put on a show. How much does it mean for the Lions as a club to play against the A League side in the city? Yeah, well, uh, you know, we've got boys in the team who have aspirations to playing full-time football. So um, having the opportunity to having the opportunity to play against them yep. in our on our home ground is, is exciting for them. And just finally, back to league action next weekend. So that's always a massive fixture. It's probably a really important fixture for them. But as well, opportunity for you as well to stamp a marker going into the finals. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, if if we want to do well this season. Um, we always have to put on a good show against Olympic. Uh, you know, even the start of the year, three all, it was a bit of a nail biter. Every time we seem to play, you know, something happens. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. I guess that's what Darren Simon had to say after the game once I thought we'll talk more about Lions later on, including a certainly interesting FFA Cup tie. But we're seeing Gold Coast United twice now in the last week, Adam. One in once in person, once on the stream. What do you make of them in terms of where they're at? They seem like they've got some good young players there and a couple of experienced players, but it's just it just seems like they might need a changes, a couple of couple of players added to that team to go to the next level. Yeah, look, as I say, they're, they're a solid MPL-level team. There's no doubt about that. And, like, so the only reason why they're sort of down where they are is because they have been behind the eight ball as far as games played. So once they catch up their games, you, you'd probably see them finish in that, you know, in that mid-table. Um, so, look, if, if, if their ambition is only to be to survive, to be part of the MPL, look, that's mission accomplished. But, look, knowing that who's there and, you know, especially your coach like Gray Piddick, there's no way that they'll be happy with just finishing midfield. So they really do need to have a couple of additions, you know, going forward to that squad next season. Um, obviously, they're going to have one last shot in two weeks' time at a, a derby, um, which, you know, potentially Gold Coast Knights will be fighting for their finals lives. So that, that, that there's a good chance to spoil, spoil that party. Um, but, but yeah, I think that, look, they've shown enough to show that, you know, there's certainly not any danger of relegation at the moment. They're playing well enough. They're just probably lacking that cutting edge that makes them, you know, a mid-table team versus, you know, being a top-four contender. Yeah, I like them to where Morton Bay were a couple of years ago before Roy Sprouting took over. They just needed a little injection of players in the front there, perhaps I'll just a bit of quality all around to help take the young players they have there to the next level. 
Now, I mentioned Cyrus Demi scored earlier. He did score for the Raw in a 6-2 win over Kapalabar. Keegan Yelichich with three goals in that game for the Raw. Eli Adams and Louis Zabala also on the score sheet. Omar Sadiqi and Tariq Hamad on the score sheet for Kapalabar. Less said about Hamad's goal. The better, it was a nice finish for him, but we won't go into what happened with, with all that. But it's a good win for the Raw, and it's a much-needed one. Yeah, especially after the disappointment of uh, last week, you know, really taking it to Peninsula Power and sort of uh, falling short. Um, that, that That's a confidence-boosting win for them. Uh, they're, they're expected to win their last three games and, and wrap up. Uh, I reckon they'll probably finish second, uh, second or third. Um, so, so yeah, they, they play Magpies Crusaders up in Mackay next week and also and then Logan to close the season. That That should be six points. For them, and if they keep on winning, they could probably get a home final. Uh, look, you, you did mention about the uh, about the, about one of the Kapalabar goals. Uh, yeah, young Nathan Foster's not having a great time at the moment. Between the six, that was um, a hell that's sort of you know been doing the rounds on uh, sort of social media, especially our friends on the uh, SCQ community page, which uh, will listen to this uh, this uh, podcast. So if you haven't seen it probably go search through that but you're right listen the better let's just hope that you know he that you know, he, he gets Gary his confidence because he's a better goalkeeper than you know than sort of that that howler he made last night and even you can go back you know two weeks ago and it was his drop ball that allowed the winning goal for Peninsula Power so look he's probably having a tough time but we know he's a quality keeper he just needs to find confidence is. I think Capalaba also shared that clip out as well. So if you want to see it and you haven't seen it, it's out there if you want to look for it. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday night, Morton Bay United 5, Eastern Suburbs 2. Three goals for Joe Scott, one for Rio Wano and young Will Gulo on the score sheet. Alex Simmons and Mitch Bird on the score sheet for East. It's a it's a good win for Morton Bay, but it still leaves them in no man's land in terms of the table. But it's a good win for them. And good to see Joe Scott get, him, get himself on the score sheet. Yeah, look, he's been, he's been probably the most improved player of that of that Morton Bay squad this year, and it's good to see him um, getting regular minutes up front, starting um, after after his exploits last year with Southwest Queensland Thunder. So, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's a good it's a good win for Morton Bay United. I think to keep the morale up in the conference, they're probably obviously they're a long way from you know they're obviously not going to make be playing finals football, but. It's important that they do finish well this season, just and just to sort of you know, at least give that confidence and morale going to next season, because um, there there is a lot of potential in that that team and uh, a couple of key signings perhaps, and they they could see themselves as a cha- as a challenger for that top four because for a lot of the way they really they just they just couldn't they just couldn't beat the top teams, and that's I guess going to be the epitaph for their seasons that they were they were, they beat the teams they should have, but they just couldn't get results against um, teams that are around or above them. And that's probably where they've fallen short this season. Speaking of short, if they're not, if not, they can go and play basketball because they've got a bunch of giants up there. <laughs> at Mort- Maybe, well, that's 18 goals for the year for Rio. Oh, no. Elsewhere, final game on Saturday night was up at AJ Kelly Park. It was a 4-0 win for Peninsula Power. Two goals for Andy Pengula. He's got 27 for the season now. Sam Roper and Josh Woolley also on the score sheet for the home side and a 4-0 win, which moves Peninsula Power one step closer to the league and also means that Magpies Crusades are now officially the second team relegated to FQPL1, Adam. Yeah, um, let's talk about power first. Uh, look, it was a win that they needed, that they that they, they were expected to win and win comfortably. They did that. Um, look, and I think it's all systems go as far as, you know, they, the premiership, obviously, you know, dropping points at Coplex, uh midweek. It just pretty much delayed the inevitable. And I, I expect them to wrap it up on uh, Friday night against East. 
I'm sure a team that they do have a bit of history with playing in the inaugural FQPL mm. Grand Final and a couple of spicy contests as well. So who knows? Maybe I'm sure East will be up for spoiling the play. We'll have to see if they can do it on Friday night. But Peninsula Power will be playing for the Premiership with Magpies. I mean, it's been coming for a while. It's just it's it's an interesting point for them as a club, isn't it? Because we've never seen a a regional club in the second division. It could suit them quite nicely to play in the FQPL, but we're interested to see exactly how that how that unfolds over the summer months. Yeah, look, we still haven't heard. We, we think officially, and from the comments that have been made from uh, representatives of the club, namely uh, head coach Tom Ballantyne, who was actually uh, mentioned it on the uh, SEQFC preview shows a couple of weeks ago, that, that they, they are still licensed for next season. They intend to, to honour that contract. So that, that's I guess that's in the hands of uh, FQ, despite media reports earlier this year. So that will make things very, very interesting for FQPL. FQPL one next season, especially if if they were, because um, look, I think potentially that that's probably the, where their level is at the moment, um, and I think it's still a good level, entry level for players that is probably going to start, you know, to come through sort of the Central Queensland leagues and obviously the opportunities there, rather than to the daunting task of you know playing MPL football, which you know there's a prestige about it, but it may not be the most conducive development uh, environment for for teams, especially when you've got you know, these big clubs going up there and belting them. Uh, maybe FQPL might be a better level for them to sort of really build and develop, you know, a a, a club that, you know, of, of solid sort of, you know, same professionals. Uh, but as far as FQPL 1 itself and having that regional club in the second division, um, that's going to make it very, very interesting, especially some, some very interesting road trips, especially... Uh, especially next season, uh, I don't know. I don't know how Mackay are going to get to Toowoomba. I know they have played each other in previous years, but uh, but yeah, that could be a very, very interesting and most sought after uh, road trip. I don't know what would be longer to see the um, quickly the flight from Mackay to Brisbane or the or the drive from the airport Brisbane airport up to Toowoomba. It'd be it'd be much closer than you'd think, I'd reckon. Um, look, uh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not up to my. Uh, I'm not. Up sort of you know on what they were doing, but they said there's always potential they could fly into World Camp. So I, I'm I'm not sure who flies up there, what what uh, airlines. I sort of they don't really have much, you know, sort of interest in that. But uh, something but to yeah. figure out over the summer months. For Absolutely, and then like I said, we 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 until if you confirms that we don't we don't know where it's at, but all signs point to that Magpies Crusaders will be taking part in 2022. Absolutely, and the final game played in round 19 was just finished on Sunday night. And Redlands, you know, they've kept their great escape act going for another week. Adam, a 4-0 win away to Brisbane Strikers. Two goals from McGee, Santana, Riomoto and Carlton Westerdale on the score sheet. This was, Redlands has had to get the win by any means necessary. They did it pretty well in the end, but they're, they're taking the steps required to keep this miraculous escape act alive, but the next week's going to be very difficult for them given that they all need to play. They've got to play Gold Coast Knights at home next weekend. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's miraculous that they're still that we still can say with two games left to go that they're still a shot at surviving. Um, like I said, because I think they, they would have been sort of maybe left for dead, you know, weeks ago. But they're still they're still hanging in there. And that's, that's the important thing. As long as that they're still in there, I would, I would imagine that Coach Graham Harvey would say, well, there is, as long as there's a hope, there's still a chance. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, if, if, if somehow, some way they can engineer this, this will be the great escape of all time. They've had some great escapes over the years. Oh, this would be the absolute top of the pile. For this to happen, obviously they play Gold Coast Knights 
at home next week. They need to win that game. They need their near and not-so-dear rivals, Kapalabar, to go to Logan and lose, and that will set up a final day derby with everything online. We'll have to see if they can manage that. We'll go through the table now quickly. At top of the table, it is, as always, Peninsula Power in first place on 56 points. They are five points clear of the Brisbane Roar Academy and can seal the league on Friday night. As you mentioned, Adam Lyons FC are third on 50. Sunset Coast Wanderers are fourth on 46, 47. Then you've got Olympic FC and Gold Coast Knights tied on 46 points in fifth and sixth, respectively. So it's still really tight. So Gold Coast Knights, as we expected, did get swamped this weekend, having already played their game. But they're still in and around the hunt until you realise that both Olympic and Sunset Coast Wanderers have games in hand at home, both of which are at home to Magpies Crusaders, which you would imagine they would pick up three points in, and that would make it very difficult for Gold Coast Knights. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing is, that's probably the the bad news for Redlands as well as part of their um, survival hopes. Is that go Gold Coast Knights are playing for their lives at the moment as far as their top four. They need to win both and hope results go their way. Uh, so yeah, I don't expect Knights to do them any favours. If Redlands want to survive, they're going to have to scale the equivalent of Everest pretty much to 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 get that final shot uh, at at Kapalabar in the derby. And that is then, and also it's not even in their hands. Absolutely. So that is the race in the top six of the table. At the bottom of the table, you mentioned, we mentioned Strikers and Magpies are both on eight points. They're officially been relegated from contention. Redlands are in 12th on 15 points. Kapalabar are 11th on 21. They're the only two sides who are still in the fight for that final relegation spot that we just spoke about it earlier. Kapalabar will have to go to Logan and get a point. If they can get that point, they can have a nice celebration at home in three weeks on Derby Day against Redlands. But otherwise, it could be a very tense matchup. Everyone else is pretty much settled between 7th and 10th. So that's all pretty much set. But it'd be interesting to see, do you give it any chance of happening next weekend, this, this final relegation spot being alive? Or do you think by the time we're talking next week, this will all be sorted? Look, my heart, my heart hopes it does because I'm all for dramatic final day finishes. We saw but it last my head, year, but it my is. head says that yeah. Look, it's look if if anything, if if it's gonna where it's going to come apart for Redlands is not going to be. I, I don't think it's going to be in their hands. I think I think Kapalabar will probably go to Kanubia uh, Park next week and get a point, yeah. at least. No, I think I think that's where this is. This fairy tale is going to end. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to even matter what knights do. Knights still, like I said, knights still have to go to Compass Grounds and win for their own, but, but be for their own sake, not for to help Redlands out. One other thing to remember, though, it was Kapalabar v Logan in the final round of FQPL. I think 2019, both teams fighting for that final promotion spot, and Kapalabar beat Logan to secure that spot in the MPL for 2020. So maybe Logan might have revenge on their mind. We'll have to wait and see. We'll move on now to MPL Women's, where there was one game played midweek, and it was almost an upset which no one saw coming out. It was a two-all draw between East and Suburbs and Lions. They see Sophie Pearson with two goals against her former club for East. Misha Westland and Tara O'Keefe, who scored in the 92nd minute there to get a equal to get a point for Lions. Well, Misha Westland, congratulations on your A-League Women's contract. Good luck with that over the summer. But Lions, see they got out of jail on in midweek, Adam, and then they made pay on Saturday night in the in game against Gold Coast. They had a 4-1 win there where it was a tighter game than that, but they did pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, look, the midweek game, first of all, um, it was always going to be a dangerous game. Uh, East, for some reason, they, they're, like I said, they are the last team to beat Lions in the women's, and they were within minutes of being the first team to beat them this season. So, um, 
yeah, it's it, it, yeah, like I said, it's one of those things that you know, as always, uh, champion sides find a way, and uh, Tara keeps scoring the equaliser, keeps that winning streak alive. And then last night at uh, Richlands, uh, yeah, look, Lions probably were the better side uh, against Gold Coast United. Uh, Lions especially playing a lot of young players, so. Um, but yeah, look, I think they're always sort of in control of that. But uh, 4-1 is probably very, very uh, flattering for Lions. It was a lot closer than that. It was. It was two goals for Amy Gunston, one for Shea Connaughton, and an own goal for Lions. And Zoe Corbett got Gold Coast uh, back in the game at 2-1 with about five minutes to play. And you thought maybe they might be able to push forward and get a, get a dramatic equalise. But no, Lions got two goals in stoppage time, as is in their will. And it wasn't officially their home game, but their record at Lions is so strong, isn't it? Yeah, um, it, it is. A, it is a tough place to go, both you now men and women. It's it's been, like I said, it is always a tough place to play, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it, it, was, it was sort of, I guess, the game they need to sort of re, refocus again. A couple of young young players, you know, getting getting a, a start. You know, young young Zara Kruger starting. In, in midfield, um, I believe she's 15 years old, I think, and she's and she's been, you know, she's been sort of part of has like has scored a couple of goals um, in, in previous weeks, and uh, and yeah, look, and so it's one thing about you know Lions is that they've got a champion team, and then they've now got five players that have got W League contracts. Uh, so obviously, and there's no guarantee that you know any of them will return for next season. So uh, Rob Askew's probably has started the rebuilding process already by introducing these young players, you know, into the squad, especially at this stage of season where they are the premiers, they are going to get minutes, and look, that, that's valuable. I think you know for a young player, young female player at Lions at the moment, the best thing is to be blooded, you know, when the team is winning and when and the team is successful. So you mentioned that man, Rob Askew, caught up with him after the game on on the after the game on Saturday night. So let's see what he had to say after the win over Gold Coast United by four goals to one. I was talking about the coach of Lions, Rob Askew. Rob, four-one winners here, but it was a much tighter contest than that, wasn't it? It was, and I was just saying to Alex that um, you know the scoreline is four-one, but with 30 minutes to go, and we conceded that goal, and if they got the next one, then it, momentum might have shifted, and it might have been difficult to get back. So. It was, it was, um, it, 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 but it was a fantastic effort from the girls. Um, you know, you would have seen from the lineup tonight that we have significant injury toll at the moment. Um, no centre backs and uh, makeshift, uh, you know, with George and Misha, but they were exceptional. You know, there was, uh, I think they really restricted them to virtually no chances. I mean, the goal they scored was something that we, was just mistakes that we made at the back, but um, fabulous job by them. Also, Zara Kruger there, 15-year-old in midfield, up against Ishinari and Momo, doing a, a magnificent job. And uh, great to see a debutant in Ari Skiers coming on and playing the last 15 minutes as well. I was going to write you at the back four because it was a bit of a makeshift one. I know you were looking for a couple of tests going into the finals. You certainly had that over the last week, haven't you, with East Midweek and now Gold Coast. So it's been a, a good test for that, for that makeshift back one. Well, we've had, because we've been in the Cup, we've had this ex- extremely um, you know, arduous schedule with three games a week often and... Uh, We've also had these Friday series of Friday and games and Sunday night games, which have really messed with our training. We've not trained a lot, but we've been playing and recovering, playing and recovering, and um, it's 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 just a you know it's a testament to how well people like Kurt Kurt, um, Kurt Vogel, our strength and conditioning guy, and our physio, our me- medical people, and keeping everybody healthy and fit and uh, able to perform. And we hope to get some bodies back in Beck Kirk up and Cannon next week. So. Um, 
yeah, but in the meantime, you can't complain with that, 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 that starting 11. They did a wonderful job. It's good to see the men's side give the guard of honour before the game to decide how close it is between the two sides, two senior sides here at Lions. It's a great club. Uh, I, I've never seen, you know, I don't think there's a club around that has kind of the unity the, 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 and the um, equity for the women's program. There's genuine respect for that both ways. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were touched by that, that gesture. It was great. And just finally, big win for a couple of your players of the Cannon Cloth and Misha Westland getting A-League women's contract. As a coach, how proud are you of, of those players? And also a number of other players who've already been announced yeah. as well. So for those players to get that chance at the next level. It's, that's five. Um, unfortunately, Holly's done her ACL, so she won't, won't be playing in the W League. But um, I'm delighted for Misha. There's, she's exceptionally professional about what she does, what she eats. The extras she does, she trains with our senior men on a Tuesday along with Cannon. So they, they are, they're, they're professional in, the, in where, the way they go about it and they deserve the success they've both had. Um, it's unfortunate Misha has to travel to Melbourne to get the opportunity because I certainly think she's the most influential midfielder in the competition. She's been first on our team sheet practically this year. So, um, But Melbourne City is a great club and um, she'll work with a great great coach at Rado, so she'll, she'll certainly come back. Well, if she comes back, she'll come back a better player. Once again, after another very successful night out there at Lions. And before we move on from Lions to Seattle, we should mention what happened before kickoff actually, that MPL women's game where the men's side were out there giving a guard of honour to the MPL Premiers and Kappa Cup winners. It's a, it's a sign of just how close it is between the two sides, as you heard from Rob in the interview there. Yeah, look, it's, it's one of those things, it's one of those rare things at the moment. I think without accusing any clubs in particular or whatnot, but Lions are obviously, they're the standard bearers as far as, you know, equality, as far as the way they, they treat their sides, you know, you know, the way that sort of, at least even from a public point of view, that, you know, both the men and women are treated equally, that, you know, they're sort of given sort of centre stage together. And, and that's, uh, that's sort of, you know, I guess proof of that. It's very, very hard to know because obviously they're both they're successful on both sides of the, uh, of the game. But, uh, yeah, I think Lions are the standard bearers as far as, you know, the men's and women's programs both being successful. Absolutely, they are. And long may I continue on their behalf. It's something they deserve a lot of credit for. We'll move on to the rest of the results in NPL Women's Round number 3. Eastern Suburbs 1, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 1. Goals to Mad Brookner and Channel Harris in that game. It was a two-all draw between South United and Morton Bay United. Goals for South from Jacinta Sullivan and Emma Smith. Uh, two goals for Morton Bay, Georgia Beaumont, who signed for Adelaide United. During the week, and Lanny McDougal, who signed for Brisbane Roar during the week. So, congratulations to both of those players on that. More players from the NPL Queens are getting a chance to talk about that in just a moment. Adam, the final game played during this round three. It was a 3 1 win for the QAS, actually, over Capalaba. Two goals from Ellen Gett and one from Tamara Levin. And Larissa Crummer on the score sheet for Capalaba. What that means for the table is that it is all still to play for in the final round of NPL women's. The top four is officially settled. However, South United can. Uh, will officially finish in fifth, and East will finish in fourth. So congratulations to everyone at Eastern Suburbs. They have secured finals football, and they will have the daunting trip of uh, daunting task of a trip to Lions SC. However, Capalabar and Gold Coast United are still to still fighting it out after both losses. We can see who will finish in second and host that semi-final. Capalabar have a one-point lead, Adam, but it could all change because like. Lions host Capalabar and East host Gold Coast. Is that correct? Yeah, so it's finals week come early. With uh, as far as as far as uh, yeah, it's almost it's almost like a uh, 
a pre a prelim final situation where first be second, uh, third be fourth. So um, that's going to be very interesting to see who, you know, especially you know, Kapalabar or you know, Gold Coast who grabs second. So I think home field is going to be very, very important come that uh, come come the finals. You might have seen this actually in FQPL too. We'll get to that later on. But just quickly, another couple of players. We mentioned three who've been announced in the last week from the NPL Queensland Women's Competition into A-League Women's Clubs. It's great to see, isn't it? It is. Um, and like I said, and also I mentioned uh, QIS goalkeeper Mia Bailey, who also signed with uh, Brisbane Raw so during the week as well. So, yeah, um, some some young talent in the NPL, in Mia Bailey, in Georgia Beaumont, uh, Misha Westland and uh, Lani McDougall all getting A-League women's contracts for for the upcoming season. And it just shows that, Joe, that this league is producing yeah, you know, young talent. And, we, and even though the Matildas and the Internationals may not be coming this season for the A-League women's because for for varying reasons, it just shows that you know, Queensland women's football is is strong. It's for all the talent, is that's what I'm going to keep saying. It seems to be, every every club seems to be looking up here for talent. So who knows? Well, I'll make a list of all the players who have signed from A-League into the A-League women's from the NPL because it's a pretty long extensive list. However, we'll move on to FQPL women's very briefly. There's one game played midweek between Western Pride and Logan Light. It was a 6-2 win for Western Pride. Very important win for them, keeping their chances of promotion alive. During the actual grounds, round three games played this weekend, it was a 3-1 win for Brisbane City away to Logan Lightning, a 3-1 win for Virginia United at home to Peninsula Power. A little draw up on the range between Thunder and the Gap and Olympic with a 2-0 win over Mitchelton, and that keeps Olympic at the top of the table in FQPL Women's by three points ahead of Brisbane City and then Western Pride are a further point back with a game in hand, which I believe is going to be played midweek. So it's very interesting between those top three sides, Adam. It would get to the point where they're going to start playing. I think Western Pride play Brisbane City this week, actually. So we're starting to see these all-important matchups in that competition, see who will get promoted. Yeah, and I think at the moment it's uh, in Olympics' hands as far as promotion to uh, MPL Women's next next season. So they've just got to keep on winning. And Brisbane City and Western Pride, whoever survives that that fixture, have got to hope that they drop they drop points somewhere or beat uh, Olympic. Absolutely. I mentioned it is Grand Final week in the FQPL. So let's go through the two semi-finals. In starting with FQPL one, it was a two-nil win. On the road for the third place, Southwest Queensland Thunder over Roadster Rose. Two goals from Cormac McCarthy and Richard Hayden got the points for Thunder. Two early goals there and they held on, but that's a great result for the Thunder. Yeah, but uh, they bet Thunder returned to the uh, FQPL one grand final and uh, I'll, I'll give them you know, a chance of uh, of going one better this this year. Like they, um, that, that's a tough that's a tough win to go to Underwood Park and uh, and 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 beat Rochdale. So. Look, I think they, they, will, they will go into that grand final with, with confidence. The party people, I think it was party day out there for the juniors at Rochdale, and the Thunder decided they were going to crash that. Congratulations to Southwest Queensland Thunder. Through to a second consecutive FQPL1 grand final, where they will play Brisbane City, who had a 3-2 win at home against Western Pride. Goals from Fraser Hills, Brandon Reese and Arthur Antonis. Known goal and a, a 90th-minute goal from Attila Asante got the Pride back into it, but they were not able to force extra time, Adam, and Brisbane City. It would have been a shame, given the season they've had, for them not to be there. It sets up what should be a great game next week. But it's a, but on the win, it was they did what they had to do, didn't they, Brisbane City? Absolutely. And uh, also a shout-out to um, a coach and 
I senior player, I guess. Uh, Coach, player, Smith. and technical director Matthew, Matthew Smith. Is that who you're referring to? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he uh, he came off with uh, with a serious injury at the end of the game. I think it was 11 or 12 minutes of stoppage time played in that second that second half. That sort of sort of you know Western Pride you know gave them a chance to try and find an equaliser. But look, uh, that all that side, yeah, look, best best luck to to uh, Matt Smith. Yeah, by the sounds of it, it like, to to be uh, stretched off. I dare say his participation at AJ Kelly Park next Saturday night probably will not happen, at least on the pitch anyway. So, but uh, we wish him well. Hopefully he can have an impact on the sideline. Best of luck in the recovery for Matt Smith in that one. Now, let's quickly preview the FQPL1 grand final because it is first versus third in the regular season. They played twice in the regular, regular season. It was two wins for Brisbane City, Adam, up on the range in round three. City won one the lesser goal from Utah Iriyama. And in a round 14 game played not too not too long ago, it was a 7-2 win for Brisbane City. Three goals from Brandon Reeves on that night. So I don't think that's a fair reflection of the difference between these two sides that game. I think it's much more like the first game, don't you? Yeah, and, and the game that I'd be referencing as well as far as giving uh, South Australian and Thunder a chance is actually the um, FFA Cup round yes. um, round six tie, I believe it was. It was. Um, yeah, which which uh, which actually went to extra time uh, at um, finished three two in extra time, didn't it? It did, yeah. And uh, and actually, uh, Thunder were in front until until uh, stoppage time in the second half. So if they can somehow conjure that, but this time get the job done and hold on, look, you give them a chance, especially in finals football. Where look, the pressure is on Brisbane City. Um, as far, as far as I see it, they're, they're going for a perfect season. Um, I think for them, while they, they, they won the premiership, while they won promotion, it may be a bit of a letdown for them if they were not to able to capture the grand final. So pressure's all on them. As far as Thunder goes, there's no pressure. They can, they can go for broke. They can, you know, that, like I said, they can die, they can almost die wondering because, um, Obviously, they can use the uh, disappointment of of last season's loss to Logan as motivation to go one better this season. So this is a very, very dangerous game for City, and they need to show up and make sure they show that they have, have been the dominant team in FQPL 1, or otherwise that trophy's going up the range. That experience I have from the Grand Finals will be very interesting to see if it does play any part. We're looking forward to that game on Saturday evening. Before that, however, will be the FQPL 2 Grand Final, and it will be played between... Kabultra SC and Grand Sissel after their wins in the semi-finals this weekend. Grand Sissel had a 4-1 win away from home to Turinga Rovers. Goals from Josh O'Hearn and own goals. Zach Gillies and Matt Hornby got the got the goals for Grand Sissel in that game. And they put this away quite early, Grand Sissel. I think the goal early in the second half, the own goal was a killer. And I think they got caught on the break a couple of times, Turinga, but the game was pretty much up at that point. Yeah, the uh, the, the goal for Turinga was, I believe, consolation goals. It was 87 yeah, four four nil going into the last uh, ten minutes, and uh, look, the Grange uh, for most of the season had been sort of floating under the radar. It was all about Kabulcha and um, Kabulcha and Taringa, especially early on the season. But Grange had been you now were there picking up wins when you two and, and sort of then, you know, even they even coming uh, finishing third after the uh, regular season. I think they had no fears of going to Jacksonville Park and getting a result, and uh, they've done just that. So they they will get a shot at. Um, They'll get shot at uh, Kabulcha. They will, who beat Northstar by three goals to one in revenge for a game which they lost last week, which saw Northstar qualify for the finals. Goals from Bailey, Laurie, Luca Pullen and Jack Harmon 
for Kabulcha. I like, like conversation for Shane Woodley for North Star, but Kabulcha, it seemed like they've been setting themselves for this, given that they've been slightly, maybe slightly below their best since they wrapped up the Premiership, but the bits of this game I did watch this evening, they look like they're back to their best to me. Yeah, I think I think it was all about timing for them. I think they wrapped up the Premiership. Um, obviously, they had results-wise a bit of a, a lull, but I think they know that this is a it's a two-game season to uh, wrap wrap up the double and well, actually with treble if you call promotion a uh, I guess a achievement. And uh, and yeah, look, they're, they're set for a grand final against Grange, which will be another fascinating game because all three results between them this season have been very, very tight. So again, it's anyone's to play for next next Saturday night up at AJ Kelly Park. And look, I wouldn't again, I wouldn't rule out Grange Thistle, but obviously Kabulsha have got to show why they're also like Brisbane City in the league above them, uh, why they've been the dominant team all season. Absolutely. You mentioned it's been close in these games this year. It has been. Kabulcha in round two, a 2-0 win at home against Grange Thistle. That was returned in round nine with a 2-1 win for Grange at home over Kabulcha. And in the most recent meeting, it was a 77th minute penalty that gave Kabulcha a 1-0 win. So this is a very, very tight matchup. I would not be all surprised if this goes all the way. Given yeah, that all I... three of these games have been very, very tight, so I would not be surprised if it goes a long way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is this is a lot tighter than what the uh, the the, the uh, regular season table shows or anything like that. But this this is going to be a game where a moment might might sell it, and then they're they're, they're the and they're the grand finals that you love to see. Absolutely, they are. What very do happens? That game is at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon at AJ Kelly Park. I believe so. Um, so either way, it's a Saturday afternoon at AJ Kelly Park yeah. before the FQPL one grand final. So a great afternoon of football up there on the peninsula. Next weekend. Now, before we go, Adam, there is, we have to talk about the FFA Cup briefly. There's there are two, three Queensland teams left in the draw. Of course, two of them played each other. We know Gold Coast Knights. They will play against either Adelaide, Adelaide City, Perth Glory, or Melbourne Victory in the round 16 at home. We'll wait and see what happens with that. But I think that is the secondary match for most people in Queensland, given. There's a certain little tie between Lions FC and Brisbane Raw, which I think when when it became official on Thursday afternoon, when that came out of the, the hat, it set a lot of people off, didn't it? Because this is what the FFA Cup is all about, having these local clubs go up against teams in their in their city. We've seen Sydney clubs do it and Melbourne clubs do it. This is the first time we've had the chance, really, with Brisbane this year, and it's going to be an absolutely fantastic game. Well, first of all, I'd like to preface that by saying that I would I'd like to award Fraser Hills with a Distinguished Service Award for <laughs> drawing uh, Lions and Brisbane Raw out of the pot because this is big. Um, this this is going this has got so many subplots and so many you know ties. You know, going back, you know, the, the shared history. Um, the claim of history, uh, Warren Moon coming back to Lions, where he he is you know a legend of that club, uh, and you know and sort of it's sort of really is who who put Lions on the map at this level, um, and he's gonna come back and try and sort of spoil the party, you know, with Brisbane Raw. Um, this is this is this is big, um, and I think uh, I would hope that irrespective of who you support outside of that. Pick a side and support because I think the one main thing is that what we want to see is supporting you know football in this in this city and in this state because this, this is a huge game. 
it is there's subplots over. You mentioned a lot of them. There's also players from both sides who have played for both was you know Josh Brindle South and John Carlos Laws no for two, but there's a whole host of them who played for both clubs. So it'd be very, very interesting. They have played twice before in unofficial matches that we can find. It was in twenty thirteen. Lions actually won by one goal so thanks to Sam Campbell around the hour market in twenty seventeen, the most recent class that either of us are aware of, Adam, it was a two 0 win for the raw Shannon Brady and Ramanek Bari. But those are practice games. This is going to be a fully fledged competitive game and I don't know about you, but I give Lions an actual real chance in this game. We've said it in the last couple of years. They're not called big game Lions for nothing. And the characters and senior players throughout that Lions team, when they when a really big challenge is put in front of them, they stand up to it. We've seen they've done really well in knockout football in the past, in the final series. The national final series have done well in the FFA Cup against A-League teams in the past. I can see this being a really close game. I think people will expect the Raw to ultimately go on and win, and I, I think they will. But I think it's going to be a really close game. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think, um, yeah, if if Lions are a full tilt and spend, they bring the form they have since since the break. And if the Raw are just even slightly off or get, well, I'm not going to say overawed by the cage because I expect them to be able to play in front of that. But obviously, um, if they play below what we think they're capable of, yeah, Lions are a real chance of, you know, of causing a ball over, especially cup football. Cup football is always unpredictable. It could be one moment. And then, you know, and then Lions, you know, if they can get in front early or get in front with time to go, they may be able to to hold them out. They've got the experience to do it. But, um, yeah, look, I, would, look, I, I expect Raw to win this. Um, I think they'd be bitterly disappointed if they didn't. I think it would actually be even, I didn't want to use the word embarrassed. Uh, to, to, to well, they'll definitely point. be embarrassed if they don't win the game. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, but look, I don't, it's certainly not a case of Raw will have nothing coming if they think that gig's going to roll into wherever it's going to be played, Lions Stadium, Perry Park, you know, you know, in the car park, wherever it's played, um, to and think that, oh, they're, they're, they're assured passage through next the next round. And I think, and, I, and knowing Warren Moon, he would be saying that, that nothing is for granted. And look, and in the meantime, for the rest of us, it assures that it is a big a big time game that we can witness. Well, actually, Warren Moon would know this more than anyone because he was involved in the Lions team which played against Perth Glory. I think it was 2016 from memory, again, yes. around a 16 tie at the Parc de Paris where they went a man up the Lions in that game. The goalkeeper got sent off and there was a penalty which was, I think, well saved actually, but it went all the way through extra time before Perth Glory snatched a late winner to avoid a penalty shootout. So it can be really, really tight and... Lions have got the experience of playing A-League teams in competitive games in the past, so they've got that under their belt. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be at some point in October. We don't know the exact date yet, but I'm really looking forward to that. And it's good to see that they get, this game is going to be played when Lions are right in their season, in their stride, because it gives them the best chance. Yeah, look, that, that game back at Perry Park in 2016, uh, you, you and I are both there actually on the hill. Um, on the hill watching that game, we saw that penalty. Uh, look, I'm not I'm not going to name the player that actually missed that penalty. I don't think it's fair for the, to um, to name them infamously. But Chris Harold was the goal scorer in the 115th minute. I like I'd want to say in that, which that was also around a 16 tie for Lions. So um, a, gr- a great opportunity to get through to the last eight for them. Um, but like I said, it, it is a task, tough task. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Obviously, uh, Raw will go in very, very heavy favourites. But if they don't go in the right frame of mind or treat this game lightly, 
I think embarrassment is the word that I'd be using if Lions are successful. Use embarrassment. I used the phrase banana skin because that's what this is for the Raw. But it's a chance one of them are going to get to the round, round of quarterfinals for the first time. I'll have to wait and see who it is. Now, we'll wrap up with the Performer League. Adam, who is it for you? I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this. Yeah, uh, yeah. my Performer of the Week will be uh, Morton Bay United's Joe Scott. who He, he is... Uh, he got a hat-trick, um, I guess, East on the weekend. And look, he is having a great season and this probably will cap it off. Um, obviously, he he would have memories of that FQPL1 grand final uh, last season. Obviously, he's playing now in the NPL. But uh, yeah, he's, he's had a good uh, second half of the season. If in doubt, go close to home. I will agree with that. Although, Keegan Yelich also did score a hat-trick, so maybe he deserves a shout-out. But I'll also go with Joe Scott. It's a big week ahead uh, in terms of MPL men's, MPL women's, and of course FQPL finals. Looking forward to those matchups over the next seven days. Adam, join me yep, once thanks, again. Scott. I will be back again next weekend to recap the FQPL grand finals as well as what's happened in the last round of the MPL men's and women's. I'll talk to you all again next weekend.